We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The goal now on the infield grass down the third baseline in front of Bryant. He just made a nice turn at third. I'll tell you one thing, he's got the best seats in the house. <laughs> Might be a little close to the action on there, little buddy. Here comes the 3-1. Big swing and a miss by Arenado. Full count. I mean, you can understand why the goal is on the field. You can't see with the fog if you go airborne. Your traffic control isn't working real well. (laughs) Where's Randy Johnson when you need him? (laughs) Now that was in bad form. Who's that guy? Made a Randy Johnson reference when... A gull, not a seagull, but a gull was right there on the field. You're listening to 670 The Score, this hour of which is brought to you by Menards. Save big money at Menards. That was from the other night. Had some fun in that broadcast booth, the radio booth with uh, Ron Coomer and Pat Hughes and Zach Zabeman. Pat Hughes uh, took a couple days off. Zach stepped in and I stepped in for Zach. Going to be doing that again later on in the year, June 24th. And June 25th. Looking forward to it very much. Um, recommended reading on The Athletic this morning. Sahadev Sharma about the uh, acquisition of Craig Kimbrell. And it's got details on how Cubs special assistant and super scout, David Ross, and their pro scout, Joe Nelson, who used to be a big league pitcher, made their way to Florida on Friday morning and went and watched Craig Kimbrell pitch. And it's such a cool story because David Ross, remember, he was a Braves catcher when Kimbrell was a rookie, caught his first ever pitch in the big leagues. And this from Ross, Kimbrell threw, I would say, 35 to 40 pitches. I've never been to anything like that, but I was good after 10. I was like, okay, this is pretty good. It was exploding out of his hand. It had the ride on the fastball, the stuff that I look for, the tendencies I remember about him. The breaking ball was real good, too. Ross reported that Kimbrell looked like he was in midseason form. And Ross said, I said to Craig, if I had the checkbook, I'd write you a check now and bring you with me. He didn't have that opportunity, but... Kimbrell did indeed come north, and he pitched yesterday out there in the bullpen. Let's talk about Craig Kimbrell, these Cubs, and maybe a little bit of what happened on Friday night over at the Metro with our friend Ron Coomer, who joins us right now on the Alpamonte Ford Hotline. Alpamonte Ford, 500 new and used vehicles to choose from. Good morning, Coom. How are you? Good morning, Matty. How are you, brother? I am good. I've had that really nice, um, kind of comfortably hungover and tired feeling all weekend um and and it's it's i it's fine it's good you, you know that when you can lounge thankfully i've been able to lounge a little bit yeah well i'm glad one of us has but <laughs> that's okay i i didn't get to have as much fun as you did on on friday because you guys were on stage and having that that energy that you that i got to see up close and personal but not be that involved i can't sing i can't dance i can't play an instrument but you guys had it all going on it was really really fun night and loved watching you and and len casper kind of 
kind of go at it on the stage and have a great time with all of such great musicians. What a great night, though. I mean, just the whole night was just just a lot of fun. So I was glad I was a little a little part of it. No, you're a big part of it. That was really great to have you. Ron Coomer was the co-MC this year with Lynn Bramer. Um, two delightful guys. And, um, and, and, you know, we worked the crowd together for a second, Coom, right before our yeah. set. I was, <laughs> I was out there um, and going kind to of try to talk to the crowd and stall while people are plugging in their instruments. You helped sure. me out on that. Uh-huh. I appreciate it. But how, how about that moment where you're looking and there's a Hall of Fame baseball writer and Peter Gammons playing rhythm guitar. There's a rock and roll Hall of Famer in Buddy Guy, who is, was the, the super secret headliner playing the blues right there next to Peter. And next to him is Bernie Williams, who is a full-on legit guitar player with massive chops. And, oh, by the way, his numbers and his defense in center field, he, he could be a Hall of Famer, too. How about the three of them next to each other jamming? It was, it was awesome. The, to the point where as soon as, you know, we introduce what's going to happen, Lynn and I and uh, Layla, we, boom, I shot right upstairs so I could go watch. Yeah. I mean, you, you want to see what's going on. I, You know, Bernie's been a great friend of mine for a very long time. And, and as you know from playing with him at these events, um, how nice a person he is. He's yep. just a great human being. And I got a chance to meet Buddy Guy before and, and talk to him a little bit about his playing and about baseball when he was a young man. And, and I've known Peter forever. So just to go up on, you know, on the balcony in front and just watch those guys play and yeah, eighty-two years old. The bloody know, guy can control the room like he was twenty-two years old. It yes, was just sir. impressive and a lot of fun. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And and before that, Taylor Bennett, who I think is like twenty-one or something. You know, him, him and Buddy Guy back to back. I love that. Yeah, I know Bernie was your teammate in New York. I didn't realize he'd been your great friend. I was looking, Coom, at your first at-bat as a Yankee. After the Yankees yeah. signed you as a free agent, you remember what you did in that first at-bat, right? Yeah, things worked, pretty, worked out pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah Ron, Ron Coomer <laughs> hit a bomb at Yankee Stadium in his first at-bat there. And as I'm watching that, I'm like, oh, look, there's number 51 clapping and cheering yeah. on, on the top step of the dugout. And Bernie, one of the yeah. first guys to greet you when you came back yeah. to the dugout. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So, you know, I was an old man, and I was 36 years old, and wow. Robin Ventura and I were like uh, the traveling third-base road show. <laughs> we were both old and beat up. He had broke his ankle, as everybody in Chicago knew. Yeah, oh I had a really bad right knee. So when the Yankees needed a third baseman, so Joe Torre called me right after they had signed Robin and said, hey, we've got Robin who's going to play third base against the righties. We need someone to play against the lefties, and you two – you know, I know you both have some issues with your leg, and if one of you are a little banged up, the other one just plays. Just come in and tell me. Because hmm. I don't care left, right, it doesn't matter. But if you're both healthy, we'll do left, right thing. And Robin, you know, as everybody knows in Chicago, is a ten of a human being and great guy. And we just had a blast. And the only thing we had to do is keep our eye on Giambi and other Nets, <laughs> just enjoy, enjoy baseball, you know, and we had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> Somebody's got to wrangle Giambi. All right, tonight yeah, it's, it's your turn. Tonight it's your turn. <laughs> That's exactly right. Oh, my God. I love that. Well, you know, so someday someday, maybe we'll have you in here if you have some time, Ron, and, and I just want to hear stuff like that from your, your life and yeah, career. We, we've had some fun. We, oh. You know, but Bernie, back in the day, just stay on the music for one more second. Yeah. People would come into our clubhouse, and you're in Yankee Stadium, so you can expect it, right? But people like Paul Simon and you'd, you'd get all these 
musicians and people and actors, they'd come in and boom, they would, they would get the musicians would go right over to Bernie. And he always had two or three guitars in his locker and him and Paul Simon would just start playing because <laughs> Paul would walk into his locker when Bernie was there and he'd start tuning his guitar. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, Oh, this is pretty cool. And it'd be me and Messina just kind of sitting there going, well, we're not going to leave now. We're just going to sit in our locker because he's, you know, two steps away tuning Bernie's guitar. I'm like, yeah, this is cool. You know, and he'd be playing one of his songs and he'd just tune and then he'd stop and he'd retune and then he'd play again. And then, and then Bernie'd walk up and then the two of them would start playing. And we're like, yeah, can we, can we push the game to two o'clock? We got a little jam session going on here. And so, Two would be better for us. Oh, my God. <laughs> How great is that? So, oh, that's, that's awesome. great. Paul Simon just t- grabbing guitars yeah. out of Bernie's locker. Right? Isn't oh. that something? Yeah. Oh, my God. I love cool. it. I love it. Um, hey, Coom, I was talking about Kimbrel uh, at yeah. and. And how great it is to have an asset like David Ross who works for you. You can send down there a guy who's caught Kimbrel before. And, oh, by the way, while he's there, he can help sell Kimbrel on the culture, on what Theo and Jed do up here. And I know Jason Hayward also sent Kimbrel a long text, former teammates there in Atlanta. I wonder how important that stuff was in convincing Kimbrel to come here over Atlanta at this time it's around. Vital. Yeah. I'm just telling you, it's vital. Um, David Ross, you know, made a great name for himself. You know, David and I were teammates his rookie year, my last year with the Dodgers. He was my locker mate, you know, and David and I were friends and been friends a long time. And, you know, nobody better than David to go down there. The guy who caught him as a veteran catcher, the kid, and you send him down there. Not only David, just the eye test. You can say all you want, but players know. You watch a guy throw, you watch a guy hit. You know, you can see it, you can feel it, and like you, like what you were just saying is exactly correct. He only needed ten pitches. Hmm. Throw me a few fastballs. Throw me a hook. Yep, he's got it. Yep, we don't we don't need to see anymore. Those the next twenty five thirty pitches were all for show because he didn't need to see them all. They they he got it. He's he's there. He's he's got stuff. Still fine. Um, and move forward. And David, you know, David's been around our game a long time. So it's great. I, I, but I think it's vital when you get into those free agent situations. Yeah. Um, it's vital to have somebody like David and Hayward send a message out. And now next thing you know, he's a cub. I mean, we're seeing it in basketball, all of that. And, yes. You know, I mean, but it, it happens in all the sports. It's just not talked about nearly as much in our sport, but it happens. Well, see, that's a great point. Yeah, I mean, basketball has become run by the players, and these guys plot it and scheme it and plan it years in advance, or, or certainly when it comes to free agency, they talk. Mm-hmm. And we saw the White Sox just try and do it for Manny Machado. Let's get friends. Yep. Let's get family. You know, you, you do what you got to do to close the deal. So uh, make makes all the sense in the world. So so educate folks a little bit, Ron. If, if David Ross feels the, the pitches hit his glove, and he says, all right, this guy's in mid-season form. Why does he still need a couple of weeks? Um, and is, is it what, – what is that about? Educate people who don't understand that because I'm getting a lot of that. Well, there, there's other things to it than just his arm. His arm is in great shape to throw. Okay, so he's been throwing uh, long toss. He's been throwing to a high school catcher um, every couple of days, so he's been doing his bullpen work. But there's a lot more to playing our game than just throwing a fastball in the ninth inning. Um the last thing you want to have happen is for his body to break down somehow, pulled hammy, pulled calf muscle, pulled quad, um, doing something like that because he's not been doing baseball activities. 
you know, no matter what you try to do in simulating your, your workouts and what you do in spring training, you can't do it by yourself. You just can't. So what the Cubs are going to do, which is extremely smart by, by our group, send him down to Arizona, give him 10 days, two weeks, to get his body back ready to play big league baseball. Because the last thing you want to have happen is him come in and throw two or three days in a week and get two or three saves, and then someone pushes a bunt on him in a big situation with, let's say, a man on third base, and you've got to make the play, and he comes sprinting off the mound, and he blows out a calf, and now he's out for a month and a half. Hmm. You know, and that, that, I mean, Pedro Strope, right? Yep. Yeah, that, Pedro do it. So, I mean, yep. those are the things. There's a few things to me that scare me about a guy not going through spring, not playing calf and, calf and hammy, and for a guy that throws the ball as hard as he does, his rib cage. I think his arm is fine. His hmm. arm is in shape. It's the rest of it that, boy, you, you, you just jump right in, and the adrenaline of the game and the competitiveness of guys push them to do what they know they can do, and that's when you get hurt, and we don't want to have that happen. That's a, that's a great, great context, a bit of context right there. Cause yeah, two weeks, I'm, two I'm, weeks I'm, three weeks at the most. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have that and then be really prepared when he gets here yep. at the first of the month or all-star break and have him for the second half as the elite closer that he is or take the risk to get a couple extra games out of him and possibly have an issue? Yeah, because, you know, most of the time when pitchers get hurt – you know, it's it if it's not an arm thing that they did while pitching, if it's lower body, it's exactly what you're talking about, reaching to get a ground ball, a, you know, a swinging bunt yeah. and having to pivot or or leaping off the mound to go and cover first on a grounder to first base. You know, those kind of athletic activities that you don't think about but are an essential part of the game. I wonder, Ron, if what when they were shooting their video and using their high-tech cameras yesterday in the bullpen, right? Mm-hmm. And they were using all their stuff so they can feed it into their systems and do their thing. If they're looking at his body and figuring, just like you said, the, whether it's the rib cage or whatever muscle groups he works, he uses when he pitches, like those are the muscle groups uh, that they need to make sure he works out and keeps strong. I wonder if they look at stuff like that. Sure. And they do. And, and the other thing, Matt, they're going to look at it. And he said this in his press conference and he had to back off his workout. He was getting too much like a football guy. Because he was, you know, you keep lifting and you keep working out. Next thing you know, you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm a pitcher. Hmm. I need to be, you know, my arms got to be pliable and they've got to be able to do certain things. I can't get too bulky. So I think all of that, all of that comes into play. Yeah. And and the other thing that you got to remember in baseball, like for spring training, fatigue factor, right? You come in and you, for a closer, let's say, it's, it's not fatigue of a long period of time. It's, it's high stress for a short period of time, but max effort stuff. So the fatigue factor of what if, what happens if Joe runs him out there in a week and he has a 35-pitch inning of max pitching? Right. Right? So now all of a sudden you've got rib cages, you've got, you got muscles that he's been lifting with a lot, and they're just not prepared for that. Those are all the reasons why you just got to get him to spring train, get him to Arizona, and let him do it day after day after day like all of us have done. Hmm all our life, and just get himself prepared um, for pitching the second half. I got one more item for you, Ron, and uh, talking with Ron Coomer here on Hit and Run, and that is that is this. Um, I can't give up on Kyle Schwarber. You know, that's a constant bit of conversation that happens in, in, the, in talk shows here. And as I've watched him, I mean, we know about the makeup 
And I think about coming back from the horrific injury where people thought he might never even run again, mm-hmm. let alone play baseball. And right. he comes back in the six months. We've seen, you know, he goes down to the minors. He comes back. He, he's learning left field on the big league level. And look what he is now. I mean, so there's all that, and they love all of that, and they love what, like how how short the stroke is, how quiet he is at the plate, all that stuff. But look at that at bat yesterday before the home run: eleven pitches, six foul balls. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a foul home run in there. Doesn't get discouraged. Mm-hmm. In the midst of that at bat, he rifles one into the stands. He's worried that he might have hit somebody. He winces, so he's emotionally thinking about that. Whatever comes back, and then hits the bomb. And and I just I, I've and I, we've seen him go opposite field a lot with a shorter stroke too, right? He, I feel like he's got the whole the whole all the tools that he needs to be truly special at the plate, and it still could happen. Oh, and it, it's happening. I mean, you're talking on a guy who's on pace to thirty home runs again. I mean, what do you want? Here's the thing that just gets me. This is a young guy that's just been in the league for a short time, and. You're being asked to do multiple things. You're being asked to be a home run guy. Yeah. And then you're being asked to hit with runners in scoring position off elite arms throwing 95 at the top of his own. Which is it? Do you want him to get on top of the ball and hit the ball down and, and drive in the run, or do you want to try to have him reach the seat? Both. They want everybody to do both they want everything to do every. They want everybody to do everything. Well, not everybody is that. Not everybody is an elite talent like 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 Anthony or let's say like uh, Trout or some of these guys. Yeah. You know, I mean, come on. You, you, to me, when I, when I heard that last week, we were on the road last week and we heard people were getting on Schwarber about hitting the runners in scoring position. I'm like, guys, look around the league. We're we're doing pretty good, actually. Hmm. And, and, and how you're picking on Kyle for that. Look at our team when we were struggling. That was a team thing. That wasn't a Schwarber thing. So I – I'm not on board with any of that conversation at all. Um, I'm just not. I just think it's people throwing things out there to, you know, and they're picking on a particular guy because they like another guy. Mm. You know, it's too too self-motivated because of who they like or don't like. Um, To me, just look at the body of work for everybody and then judge them on that with the makeup, with the person, with the work ethic, with the caring. When you put that package together – there's a boatload of teams around baseball that are going to go, we'll take Kyle Schwarber in those problems that you think he has. Hmm. You know, I, the Cubs aren't willing. If if he were on the market, we needed a closer real bad, we would have traded him if they were ready to get rid of him. They're not. Not by any 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 um, way, shape, or form are they looking hmm. to get rid of Kyle Schwarber. He's, he's an elite hitter, and he's going to be. But yeah. he still is. He's 30 home run guy. They don't grow on trees anymore, you know. I, I just, you know. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 good stuff, and I've I've been trying to make that point for a few weeks. Um, you know, just how everybody's being asked to be everything, and not everybody can be Rizzo and do all of that. But I I, I feel like. Kyle could even do that. Like, I mean, if this totally. if this is what he is, then that's you know it's that's that that's okay. That'll play, as you say, a thirty homer guy with a you know who's going to hit for a low batting average, but walk a bunch. But I think if he could foul off a little bit more with two strikes instead of taking, if he could really you know like be a little more aggressive with two strikes, it reminds me Yoan Moncada on the south and side. There a you bit. go. See, and that's what we're saying. So now you want his on base to be big, so you want him taking pitches and those borderline pitches. Yeah. Now you're now you're leaving it in the hands of the umpire. To your point, yeah. you want him to be a little more aggressive, but then you want him to be an on base guy. 
Then you want him to be a hundred RBI guy. Now you want him to be a thirty home run guy. I want it all. Then you want him to hit with runners. Not you, but then yeah. you want him to hit with runners in scoring position. You go, well, that takes a different stroke. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. He, this is a young big league player we're talking to here. Mm. You know, let's just let him be him and and know that he's a talented young guy that's really cares and works his butt off at it. And let's just accept that. You know what? It's not perfect, but it's pretty damn good. And let's let him play the game and 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 be a winner that he is. Here's um, here's all you need to know about Ron Coomer, everybody, is that after working hard on a Friday, he does the game on Friday afternoon, he comes over, he emcees an event he's never seen, and he's, got, he's being asked to do a million different things. At the end of the night, when he's relieved and, and, and psyched that everything is done, and he's, we're standing in the green room and everybody's having a couple of pops, you're asking my wife if you can get her anything. Can I, can I get you something? Would you like a drink? What, what can I do? That, that's all you need to know about Ron Coomer right there. We, we, we were an all-in together. That's, that's an all-in for our station, for our group of friends that we have at SCORE. And yeah. Everything in your life's a sweetheart. We had a great time there. Um, you know, I loved watching her in front, watching you play and sing. It was just, it's really a cool thing. That's so awesome. I had a great time and she's a sweetie. Yeah. So right. We had fun. All right, brother. Um, well, we had a great time too. And thanks. Thanks for this time as well. Appreciate you, Ron. Absolutely, Maddie. We'll see you at the yard, brother. You got it. That's Ron Coomer from the scores radio booth. We are sports radio, six seventy. the score. This is hit and run. We'll do transition with Nick Shepkowski and with, um, was it Anthony Heron? Is, is that what it is? Is that what it is? Oh, oh Grody. Grody. Mark Grody. I like Mark Grody. I mean, not that I don't like Anthony Heron. That came out wrong. Bears. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk to uh, to uh, to Shep and Grody later on. Um, and you know what? I'll wait and I'll give them and if they didn't hear it. And if you didn't hear it, my dream shutdown multifaceted Cubs bullpen for the postseason that does not include Carl Edwards Jr., Brandon Morrow, or Kyle Ryan. Or probably not Brad Brock either. So we'll talk about that when we get there. When we come back, though, i got to give you one story from Hot Stove Cool Music, which was absurd. We'll do it next on 670 The Score. Be caller six and win a pair of tickets to the Chicago Dogs game on Sunday, June 30th, to the contest line at 312-591-6700. June 30th, which includes a Chicago-style hot dog and a chance to throw out the first pitch. I'll be broadcasting Hit and Run live from Impact Field before the game, so coming out and enjoy Chicago Dogs baseball. This is Girlfriend by Matthew Sweet, part of our set from the Chicago All-Stars at the Metro on Friday night. I want to love somebody. Oh, my God, I love that song. I love that whole album. Matthew Sweet's girlfriend. Doc Jewel and guitar and sang it. I was one of these guys. I was one of those guys. There's three guys doing that. Um, Sing along, Adam. Would that be a good idea? I have no idea. I don't know. I haven't tried to sing publicly in a long time. <laughs> well, then you probably I've could. I've told my voice is good. I'm but, sure you could. But, you know, yeah, I, I could probably do backup. These, um, this is my favorite event every year. It's for Theo Epstein and, and Peter Gammon's charity, um, the foundation to be named later. And it, it, it we're, we're raising a ton of money, as we have every year, to, um, to promote sports in communities that cannot play, so uh, do not have the money or the facilities or the equipment to 
provide for themselves and for their kids. So a lot of, a lot of kids in some very, very hard Scrabble, tough communities are getting a chance to play baseball and play other sports. Um, and there's several other charities that are that are helped out as well by the foundation to be named later. It's a great thing. And every year we get together. Len Casper plays the bass. I always introduce him the same way. Ladies and gentlemen, on the bass, Cubs play-by-play man, Pat Hughes. Pat Hughes, folks. There he is. Um, I, I have to do that. It's now a rule. Um, Max Crawford works a scoreboard over at Wrigley. Works on one of the electronic scoreboards and is also the leader of our horn section. I mean, this is how it works. Like everybody, most people have a dual role. The guy who often plays keyboards for the Boston Hot Stove All-Stars is Josh Cantor, who's the organist at Fenway Park. It's like, it's just a, it's a wonderful hybrid event. So this year, playing with Boston, playing with the Boston group was Jake Peavy. I don't know how they know Jake Peavy. I mean, he was there, obviously. Peavy, I guess that's how. He was a Red Sox. Um, He was on the Red Sox and won a World Series with the Red Sox. In fact, Jake Peavy owns the duck boat that he and John Lester rode in on the Charles River. And then through the parade in Boston after they won the World Series, uh, Jake Peavy bought that duck boat and put it on his property down there, I believe, in Alabama. Um. So Jake was playing guitar. Jake's a, a good guitar player and, um, and a, a very nice guy. Talked to him a couple times here on Hit and Run. Me and Barry Rosner talked to him a bit. I saw him on, on Friday night, and we had set up that I was going to interview Jake Peavy one-on-one. Very exciting. Shane Reardon, Score's executive producer, was going to be there. He was there to help me out. We set up this this place, the fourth floor of Metro, is this gorgeous, old, little, intimate theater. And we had the setup, two seats across the aisle from each other. Uh, some friends were there shooting a movie. And they said, you can use our mics and we'll, we'll get the audio. So it was going to be this great audio. I had my questions ready. I'm locked and loaded. Today was supposed to be here on Hit and Run, uh, Jake Peavy as guest co-host. And I was going to play you the stuff that I was taping Friday night. He gets off stage. This is when we have it timed out. I've been texting with his PR person. We've got it all worked out. Peavy gets off stage, comes right over to me, says, hey, man, we're going to go do this? Yeah, all right, cool. I'm so excited. We go over to this little rickety elevator at the Metro, the venerable Cabaret Metro, one of the greatest places in town. We go over to this elevator. It's got three old doors you got to close in order for it to work. Me and Jake Peavy and his PR person, a woman named Sarah, are in the elevator, and I hit the four button to get up there, and it won't move. Elevator won't move. Okay? I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. We have to go up to the fourth floor. Am I going to ask Jake Peavy to walk four flights of stairs? Am I myself, in my current um, uh, weight and condition, going to walk four flights of stairs? The answer is yes. So I apologize, and we begin to walk four flights of stairs. As we are walking, we keep walking, and I'm hoping and praying. I'm texting frantically. Joe Shanahan, who owns the Metro, he's getting back to me. He's trying to help. And like other, the guys who are doing the movie, I'm trying to get them to help. So we get up to the top. I'm texting Shane. We're all walking up the stairs. We get up to the top. I'm huffing and puffing. It's four flights. I wasn't ready to do it. Um, I'd already had a drink or two in the green room. Uh, it was going to be a good interview. So, uh, you know, I'm headed up there. We get up four flights, and we get to the door, and I op- go to open the door, and it's locked. The door is now locked. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Peavy is standing there. He's giving me this time with his immediate buzz that he's feeling after getting off stage, and I've now taken him to the Ricky ele- Rick- Rick- Rickety Elevator. 
Um, and then up four flights, and it's locked. And like Mike Esposito said yesterday when we were talking about it for a moment on Saturday Suckage, it's like that scene in Spinal Tap. Hello, Cleveland! And they're just walking around the venue trying desperately to find the place to go. And they can't. It's like a three-minute scene. They come, they come upon a guy who's, like, cleaning the backstage. And he says, you want to go this way and then take a ride? And then it jogs a little. And then, and then you'll find the stage. And, and they say to him, okay, we got it now. We got Rock it. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. Let's get it. Let's get it. No, no, you this way. Rock and roll. Other way. Other way. Other way. Other way. Other way. They come back to the cleaning guy. They they do a big circle and they get totally confused. In three minutes, they never find the stage. These go to 11. (laughs) That was me and Peavy. And then, because at that point, we're standing up there and he's like, you know, I really want to go meet Buddy Guy. He wants to go meet Buddy Guy because he's like anybody, he's a guitar player. And Buddy Guy is like, he loves the blues. He wants to meet Buddy Guy. So who am I to stand in the way of Jake Peavy wanting to go to the green room and meet Buddy Guy? So I I bailed on the interview. I had to bail on the interview because of circumstance. We go back down. And actually, there was another time later in the night where he agreed to do it again. And he's up there. He's up there. And I'm getting a text from them. The movie guys are saying, come up here. Peavy's up there. And I couldn't get up there. The, the elevator failed again, and I was about to start walking the four flights of stairs. And I'm like, you know what? I, I had to sing. I had to get ready to do my own thing. So I'm trying to combine jobs and do everything, and it didn't work. So I apologize for not giving you Jake Peavy today. But we will have Jake sometime. What? What are you thinking? I was trying to get it done, man. I don't blame Joe Shanahan or the rickety elevator. I don't. It's just I blame, I blame the world. Um, and I don't really blame anybody. I wanted Jake to have a good time. I, I, I know he met Buddy Guy, and I know he watched Buddy Guy, and that was really, really special for a lot of us. Bottom of the hour is brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. The Western Conference champion Chicago Wolves would like to thank their loyal fans for making this 25th anniversary so special. Thank you, and see you in October. Bottom of the hour also brought to you by Campland RV. Head on over to Campland RV for their 58th anniversary sale now through the end of June. Find great deals on RVs and campers. Campland RV, RV buying made easy. Just a short drive off I-94 in northwest Indiana. So, uh, some people on Twitter saying, outstanding interview with Coom Dog. Yeah, Ron Coomer's great informative and entertaining the stuff about how the cubs got kimbrel was great and yeah you know it it, it, you can go back and hear coom if you didn't he really explained very well why you need to let craig kimbrel get in shape not just the arm need to let him get in shape and then i thought the stuff about schwarber was interesting and how everybody's being asked to do everything these days be a launch angle power guy, but then with two strikes, you better shorten up and hit down on the ball and place it in the opposite field, okay? All right, good talk. We'd like you to be, um, if you don't mind, uh, Adam Dunn and then be Tony Gwynn. With two strikes, just go ahead and be Tony Gwynn. Can you do that for us? Anthony Rizzo can. Not everybody's Anthony Rizzo. Be a better lineup if they were. It's Matt Spiegel here on 670 The Score. You're listening to Hit and Run. Um, I know a reliever the Cubs are targeting. They have been for a while. I suspect they'll get it done. It would be the perfect addition, and it would lead me towards that 
dream deep multifaceted shutdown bullpen for the postseason that doesn't include Carl Edwards Jr. or Brandon Morrow or Kyle Ryan. We can talk about that next, and we'll do transition with Mark Grody and Nick, Nick Shepkowski right here on 670 The Score. Uh, Spiegel, as I was saying. Nick Shepkowski is human trash. Where's Grody? 670 The Score is where you are. I don't know how much Will Smith is making, Nick Shepkowski. We have that. He's making $4.225 million. Shep, uh, yeah, Will Smith of the Giants, that's who the Cubs uh, should be targeting and and are targeting, um, I believe, and I think a lot of people believe. Will Smith, the left-handed pitcher, about to be an unrestricted free agent. He came out of Gulf Coast Community College in Florida. That's not... That, is that Florida Gulf Coast? Is that is that no? That, because that different Florida place. Gulf Coast was that's where it's Chris, Chris Sale's from. That's from what was it? Dunk what the heck would they call themselves in yeah. the tournament a few years I don't ago? Know. It was Dunk City or Dunk whatever City it was. Or whatever. Yeah, whatever. It was. They upset Georgetown as the 15 seed. So fun. On. They were so yeah, they fun. Were a fun team there for a couple of days, and then were quickly forgotten about until just now at this moment. But yeah. yeah, I don't. Uh, not quite the same school. Hey, with that though, four point two two five million dollars. Um, whatever his salary is prorated. We're talking about what two and. I have three mil. That shouldn't be an issue, should it? I would hope not. I hope I would not hope too, not because that's exactly what myself and Mark Grody talked about the other night when we were on Wednesday or Thursday night. When it was, what do you do now? What do you do now? And that's my plan: load up the bullpen. Yeah, it cures your one your bullpen problems and worries. Mm-hmm. Two, the growing not worries, but concerns I have with starting pitching and getting semi deep into games. Well, I mean, but Cole Hamels just went eight. They, okay. Before that, they had a couple guys go seven. Lester gave you six yesterday. Right. Lester, great bounce yeah. back after a rough Buzz. first inning. You're greedy on the rotation. Yes, I am. You are. I am. What do you because, want? Well, because I, I just look at the age of it and I say, yes, we're at June, what, 7th now? June uh, 8th now? I feel you. How many of those 34-year-old-ish guys, Hamels, Lester, Quintana, I know he's not that old, but he's north of 30. Mm-hmm. Like, how many of those guys get better as the year goes on usually? They'll, well, bu- they'll buy him days off along the way. Hello, Mark Grody. What's bye. going on, guys? Nice to see you. You know, and if you can do a Bears, if you could do a, an old school Kansas City Royals thing in the back-to-back years in which they went to the World Series where they had some killer at the end of their bullpen. The Dodgers have been known back when Brandon Morrow was there. They could put in a Morrow and then a Kenley Jansen. So I'm down with what Shep is saying. There's there's one other part of this, too. When we were on the other night, Bruce Levine came on with us, and I asked him in a greedy way, and this is, this is you know, right as Craig Kimbrell is just signing. Okay, what's next beyond that? Could there be like a jarring move, a core move, a trade from the big league roster? Uh-huh. And, you know, Bruce wasn't reporting anything by any means, but he didn't Rule that out, like for you know somebody that you trade from the real route, like a, a move that would shock everybody. Mm, interesting. In other words. Well, and I think part of it too is you look at it right now. You think the Dodgers are going to stand pat with the way their bullpens perform this year? It's like all right, Cubs might have the leg up on the Dodgers in terms of bullpen right now. No, you could argue they do. I, I, I the think Dodgers are going to make a move, if not multiple moves. Whatever they the need, Brad hands that are out there. Get Will Smith. Get Will Smith before the Dodgers get Will Smith. Yes, or before they get Brad Hand, and maybe they still will. I, the best teams in baseball are the Astros and the Dodgers. Yep, clearly, the, the Yankees are right there, having done everything they've done with all these guys on the DL mm-hmm. or IL, and then the Cubs might be the best of everybody else that's after that. 
If they had a bullpen that you felt unbelievable about, like that Yankees bullpen is just ridiculous, as it has been for several years now. When it was Chapman and Miller and Batances, now it's Chapman and it's, uh, well, Chad, Chad, not yeah, Chad Kelly. Adovino's in there. Adovino's ridiculous. Zach Britton is on stuff. fire. Yeah. So, but he, I mean, you make it a five inning game essentially then. Well, here's, like, all right, here's you're my trailing, going to the fifth or going to the sixth, then L- boom. Let me give you, let me give you guys my vision. For the deep, multifaceted shutdown bullpen. Okay? All right. I have four. I'm on board with this. I have four swing and miss guys because you need at least four swing and miss guys to strike people out and, and, and or get outs other ways. And but so whoever. you have two of them right now in Kimbrel at the back end and Strope. Correct. I think you have three right now because I trust Tyler Chatwood in high leverage. Do and you? He, he struck based out the, on his one save? No, no, no. <laughs> based on the base, he struck out the side yesterday too. Um, sure. And it's it, it. Tyler Chatwood has swing and miss stuff, and is taking to this role very much. And what, what's his role going to be? He has swing and miss stuff. He's going to be used. And in terms of makeup, I like the dude's makeup. He was awful last year. Worked very hard to find it again. Busted his ass. Apparently has been very positive. His teammates dig him. He's taking to it well. He's doing whatever is asked of him to help the team. So I got. So go get Will Smith or a lefty of that ilk. And you've got Will Smith, Kimbrell, Strope, and Chatwood as your swing and miss guys. Then, and three of those guys have been closers this year. Mm-hmm. With Strope and Kimbrell and, and Smith. Then C-Sheck is your solid, funky side armor to give you that different look, and he could be an eighth well, inning guy. Look, and he's yeah, you can trust him when it's not. Yes. Clo- like I know he closed. Where was he in Florida or Miami when he closed? Yeah, but I don't like him closing. Me I neither. like him in the seventh inning. Doesn't throw hard like, enough. I, sure. I, I like that yeah. in the seventh. Uh, me too. And and you know what? One of those swing and miss guys could become your middle closer, like he used to use Justin Grimm or sure. Carl Edwards, like that. Mm, yes. Chatwood could be your fifth inning middle closer. Okay, that's high leverage, right? Fifth or sixth in a I'd be comfortable with that. I'd be down with that. Right? I mean, that's, that's, you know, I think that might end up being Chatwood's role. So you've got those four, then C-Sheck. Montgomery becomes your second lefty who you can use situationally as desired. Either him or Chatwood can go long if needed. You can have him be a loogie or it could go longer, whatever you want, because you've got Will Smith, too. And then Brandon Kinsler, who has refound that again, is your ground ball guy to come in and get you a double play. Or if you have to go lefty, righty, lefty, righty, sometimes mm-hmm. you can use him for one guy here and there. So that's seven right there. And then who's your eighth? Whoever deserves it by then. Brad Brock, maybe. Mm. I, I, not me for Carl Edwards. Maybe it's um, you, Darvish. Edwards. <laughs> Edwards has done nothing to change. Or Cole Hamels. Yeah. I mean, wh- whichever, at that point, it could be whichever starter is on their side day. You don't even, you could load up on your bench, use those seven guys, and like the Red Sox did last year, whichever, Nady Evaldi, Evaldi was a starter, but he went in relief. Sale well, was a starter, but he went time, in relief. Yeah, I was going to say, by the time you get to the right? end of the World Series, Chris Sale's closing that thing out. Yep. I, I, just I think got that, it. So that just, you're welcome, there's the bullpen. Isn't it great that this is I, what we're discussing after what the bullpen did to the Cubs early in the season, where they lost six in a row, and they just had this awful start where it felt like they were going to be buried early and Joe Madden wasn't going to make it past the Memorial 30th game of the season. Yeah. And now here we are creating the greatest bullpen that the Cubs have ever had. Yeah. It's pretty oh, it's, awesome. It's your path to yeah. success. Speaks, I have to ask you, every time you're on a damn elevator, does Jake yeah. Peavy come up if there's baseball people around? Because that, that, was, that was my first thought when you started telling the story about a half hour or so ago about yeah. the Jake Meister and, and your event on Friday was that 
that famous, now infamous, I guess, elevator ride that we took back, what, 10 years ago? Nine years ago? I yeah. don't even know what year it was in. But Jake PV had just torn his latissimus dorsi. Latissimus oh. dorsi. If you remember that. And who gets on the on the elevator with us at Guaranteed Rate Field, then U.S. Cellular Field? Bears quarterback Dan LaFever Bears? <laughs> sitting in front of us getting ready to stand, throw out the first pitch. Bears. And Hawk Harrelson. Hawk turns, <laughs> looks at us, and says, yep, just talk to the Jake Meister. Said <laughs> it's latissimus dorsi's hurting him. Can wipe his ass with his left hand, but not his right. <laughs> All right, talk. Good talk. We'll see you down there. You know, I had my first ever conversation with uh, the Hawkeroo on an elevator at U at that U.S. Cellular Field as well. I was working at WBBM, and I introduced myself. I said, "Hey, uh, Hawk, I'm Mark Grody. I work for WBBM Radio." And he looked at me, goes, "WBBM." That's my favorite radio station. <laughs> Traffic and weather together on the eights. <laughs> yes. He's got you. Mark Rody, I'm going to remember you. I forgot that was right after Jake tore the line. Right, it was like days, maybe a day or two after. Maybe That's it was right. right after his diagnosis. And or... Hawk looked at us and offered his Jake Meister conversation. Wipe his ass with his left hand, uh-huh. not his right. And I believe that was the best moment of Dan Lefevre's bare career. It was the only memorable throw he probably had was right. that first pitch. Oh, man. Thank you, Adam Stadzinski, for doing a great job today. Today on Hit and Run. This was a really, really fun show. Thanks for um, talking, guys. By uh, the way, yeah. Ricky the Elevator that you were referencing yeah. back with uh, back with PV and at the event. Yeah. You think he lasts throughout the year on the South Side? You think he's around in 2020 as <laughs> Ricky a manager? Ricky elevator <laughs> Ricky elevator Oh, that's Ricky Rents. No, I, if he keeps hitting Tim Anderson's seventh, I right. hope not. What are you doing? I enjoy the Sox angst when that happens. Twitter just blows up. Yeah, as it should. Thank you to Ron Coomer, who was great earlier in this hour. Check that out if uh, if you get a chance. And who else? Chris Kamka was a guest on the show as well with Camp Connections. And thanks to Len Casper for letting us run the Adam Wainwright interview as well. What do you guys got going on? Radio? Things? Yeah, radio. Red Hot Bears 100. Grody was out there. Anthony Harris is going to join us today. He was out oh, there covering it excellent. as well. Keck Garcia is going to talk some baseball with us throughout the afternoon also. And uh, some NBA Finals. Man, it could be the end of... End of a dynasty. Yeah, how about it? Looking, Didn't looking see that grim. One coming. No, I did not either. Kawhi. Not, not, not sad to see it go either, though. Really? No. Not, I am. I, I, that I, would I, be not, true, actually. I, I think they're uh, super nah, fun. Didn't offend me. No. Um, and you know what? Kawhi is a killer of dynasties. That's that's what he does. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, he took away. I, I, I got your point. Mm-hmm. San Antonio. Yeah. 23 year old Kawhi shutting down LeBron. Exactly. 670, the score is where you are. They are next. Shep and Grody. Have a great day, everybody. I'm Matt Spiegel. See you next week on Hit and Run. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.